0: You're listening to the Nightlight Radio Network. This is Dr. Zohara Herodimus, co-host of 21st Century Radio. We are happy to present this rebroadcast of our show on Nightlight. Enjoy. Joining us this hour is Dr. Elliot Maynard whose varied background in coral reef ecology, oceanography, tropical rainforest biology, technology, new paradigm consciousness, and numerous other accomplishments and affiliations result in a worldview he calls future science technology. His book, Brave New Mind, Living in a Future Science World, presents 25 key components to planetary and personal well-being, to preservation, restoration, and elevation of all life. Moving from revolution to evolution, moving from fear to love, becoming spherical in our thinking and creation of systems and methodologies that fulfill the primary goals of sustaining life in balanced fashion. Join us for a fascinating journey as his book describes from consciousness development to new forms of art, medicine, and energy. Much of it we already have the means for manifesting. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Maynard.
1: And thank you, uh, Dr. Zoe, for that wonderful uh what I like to refer to as making song a little better. (laughs) We
0: try. You cover an extraordinary range of issues, and I wanted to just kind of get a sense of when you began to see a way to articulate this, what you call, future science technology.
1: Well, actually, uh, this has actually evolved over a period of many years, and it I I kind of think of the little, uh, you know, comparing one of those little fortune balls you used to have, that rectangular bottle, and you'd shake it, and the answer would come to the surface. And somehow these pieces all came together, and by nature, my very diverse background, I began to feel uh, compelled to to always try to find solutions to our global problems. And this surfaced in that way with those little pieces kind of floating up into my consciousness, and then I was putting them together in an artistic and creative way.
0: Well, it's it's, uh, it's an extraordinary breadth of topics. I felt like I was reading our Rolodex from 21st Century Radio, like when you started talking about Christopher Bird and Tom Bearden and all these wonderful people we've worked with all these decades let's Let's try to, for our audience's sake, um, first talk about why consciousness and non local consciousness is such an important part of our formulation for the future
1: Well, I feel that it is such an important part uh, let's let me uh, just uh, go back a little bit in time, and we have the arrogance of our technology, which has only really been in existence, uh, modern technology, for the last 200 years. Uh, for millennia, uh, mankind survived uh, by using, very often using, the natural intuitive senses. And with the advent of the Gutenberg Press and all of the writing and reading and formal teaching, we have become very linear and have kind of put these little intuitive wonderful uh, gifts aside. So now in my world, we need to celebrate and encourage the development of these gifts and make psychic technology, what I call psytech, but it's PSI tech. Mm -hmm. uh, psychic. I'm sorry, PSY tech. That's psychic technology and bring this together with our most advanced hard technology and what we come out with is something that is much, much greater than the whole. I now consider this to be an evolutionary imperative It's if we're going to survive as a species.
0: One of the things you and all many of our guests speak about is this multi, multidimensionality that we are. We're more than flesh and blood. And obviously a shift that we are spiritual beings also having a physical experience allows us to move into understanding that all is energy and that it's the use of energy in its many different forms, whether it's kinetic or whatever, uh, magnetic, uh, that we are able to kind of modify the world in a positive way. And, and your view is, is global, but it's also very personal. So I'd like to start with overcoming fear, because you talk about
1: that. This is very, very important, and it may be the one of the greatest reasons why humanity has not really taken, uh, embraced the future and wanted to move ahead. Uh, There is a great fear. uh, There are fear of the future, fear of change. Anytime anyone starts to birth a new idea, look what happens on the Internet. Uh, Elon Musk and the Tesla cars are a good example. People would rather, they feel more comfortable criticizing change like that because it moves them from their comfort zone. We need to reverse that and begin to embrace change and celebrate it and support it.
0: One of the things I think more people, I mean, it used to be we would talk starting 30 years ago about climate change and a coming glacial age, and people thought it was all a joke, and now one can see that there really are land masses shifting, and there'll be millions of people uprooted. I'd I'd like if you could to talk about some of the things you envision to address a mobile global population.
1: Well, in an ideal world, uh, in my my future world, uh, I would think that one of the greatest problems we have to face, and that means right now, is uh, intelligent population management. That's what I've called it, and. Embodied in this, of course, is the empowerment of women. And that's a critical factor, I believe, also in our survival since the uh, male-dominated societies of kill or be killed, survival of the fittest, the rise and destruction of great civilizations at the expense of the environment have just continued. We need a new consciousness. We need to balance out the male and female energies.
0: Agree. Entirely. And and one sees it worldwide. I mean, in, and in every spiritual tradition, it's been prophesied, you know, that until a woman is equal to a man, meaning that we're all humans and that we incarnate sometimes male and sometimes female. And this insanity of... Um, not respecting the matrilinear reality of our biology. I mean, I see it in the animal world, You know, with wolves and elephants and buffalo, and the matrilinear culture is really what informs all of nature. Um, once upon a time, it informed humanity.
1: Yes, and I, I fully believe that any, uh, if we can imagine uh, a group in a spaceship coming from an intelligent uh, planet light years away and observing what we're still doing here, we're we're still doing this kill-or-be-killed thing and cutting off heads, which is essentially barbaric. However, uh, one of the reasons these, these wars have occurred is that they've kind of created a forge for building character. And I think this can be transformed into positive uh, sorts of, of challenges if people do need challenges, and we can combine that and get the best out of
0: it. You know, what you speak to is an interesting reality when it comes to the white lions of Timbavati, South Africa. It used to be that one was told to gain their manhood and courage. They had to kill a lion. Um, Now it's changed, and the young men in their initiation become lion protectors. And so exactly what you're saying is what is now being seen in the more shamanistic indigenous cultures of even changing their own paradigms um, in order to sustain life.
1: Yes, and this is a perfect example of, of the changes that have been happening so fast uh, right before our eyes. And these were really unanticipated, kind, what we used to call wild cards. Uh, in, if you go back 10 years and see what the New Age uh, leaders were prophesying, And and these transformations have happened in in wondrous ways. And in the case you mentioned, a very heartwarming uh, example of bringing uh, ancient technology and modern technology together. In other words, we can protect the lions and we can use uh, electronic collars and those things. So this is the best of both, and it creates a synergy. This synergy is wind to the X power and one of the great keys to moving into the future and becoming future man.
0: You talk about, and we started to mention it, what you call super, super sensonics, which is what Ingo Swan called biomind superpowers and others call our our non-local consciousness. And you point to dowsing as one of the keys, as being important for us to develop, each one of us.
1: Absolutely. And uh, dowsing is no more than uh, using a, a physical device to interface with the intuitive senses. In other words, it's a crutch, but in my world, I would have this taught in schools, and much more than locating buried pipes or uh, minerals, the dowsing can be used to answer questions. In other words, it can be used... To interface with this wonderful quantum information field, which exists both within and outside us, we simply need to recognize and acknowledge it.
0: So this quantum field that's outside of us and inside of us, um, people would say they'd call it an L field, the life field. It has the chi, the matrix. It has a lot of different names and attributes. But from your vantage point, this is essentially light that comes to us in patterns, and then we engage it in order to manifest form of various kinds. Is that a simple way to say it?
1: Wow, that, that was a beautiful way to say it. Um, yes, uh, and, and I'm going to just bring up a little, um, kind of a surprising example of how consciousness change has, has followed our technology I started to wonder why they were developing these these increasingly more uh, HD televisions. You know, why do we need all of this fineness uh, resolution? Well, if you think of it, uh, many of the New Age people have said that light energy is transmitted via light encodement packets, and that's interfaces or resonates with the crystals of the blood and so can raise the consciousness. So here we have um, the television and music recordings are consciousness waveguides. The consciousness follows this, and the more and more, the millions and millions of these light encoded packets we have on the screen means we're getting greater and greater amounts of information, and this is increasing at an exponential rate.
0: And so whether one meditates or uses dowsing or some other kind of technique, psychic cleanliness, I mean, there's there's all kinds of things we can do, tools we have available to us. It's about getting a clear vision and having um, access to any channel we want. Talk to us a bit about that because you talk, when you talk about future science art, a quantum technology for creating living artworks, you're not just talking about showing people things to look at them, but things that actually change our consciousness by engaging them
1: yes uh, years ago i i was on the advisory board for the united states psychotronics association with all of the old guard folks that i'm sure you know uh andrea Paharich and marcel vogel and those folks yeah. and i read a little article called the ring that sings and it how a jeweler had crafted a ring so that the jewels were inserted in such a way that they created a little uh perhaps a little uh, vocal chorus and i took this uh concept ahead and about 30 years ago i asked for inspiration from other universes dimensions i didn't specify too much and i started teaching myself to weld and putting uh together sculptures of found metal and crystals and uh Uh, beautiful art glass marbles and essentially when you put these pieces together they create something greater than the whole and they when you start to work in this quantum field simply by opening yourself to the possibility first and then accepting it and kind of putting a little sticky up in your mind you spend more and more time there and some of the sculptures that are created uh i've had the experience of going wow did i do that (laughs) you know at the end of it And some of them I I don't like for a while, and then when I come back and see them a month later, uh, they they seem to resonate well with me. Before I uh, finish them, I bless them and give them life uh, so that they will radiate out to those who receive them and uh, put out really nice energy interdimensionally.
0: So from your understanding and your practice of this quantum packing light when we pray, we're essentially shaping quantum of light into a particular form to be directed towards the world, a particular plant, a person, an animal, and through our intention and our love, it's yes. what sends that packet of light to the other?
1: Yes, absolutely. That's a that's a beautiful way to put it. And uh, yes, actually... Uh, from the reading I've done, uh, and I always cross-reference these readings, and and make my uh, you know different elements of my postulate come from this by putting them together. And this crystalline uh, projection is is what's involved apparently when light comes down from the higher realms, and when it comes down into the physical it manifests itself in uh, changing our consciousness, which now can be validated. I saw this last week by uh, seeing time-lapse photographies, uh, photography of the dendrites, the branches of the nerve cells, reaching around like hands to to find each other and create new neural pathways. Mm-hmm. They validated the fact that we can do this. That's so beautiful.
0: It reminds me of the work of the late Moshe Feldenkrais when he discovered that if you have a good leg and then you have a bum leg, if you do for the bum leg with the good leg and then image with the other leg that it can't do what it's supposed to do but you image it, the sheer art and practice of imaging it slowly recreated new neural pathways in order to execute new um, requirements for the injured leg. And he, yes, he, Go ahead.
1: It's all about it's all about creating ourself and as a this new paradigm, uh, what I call a master field paradigm, uh, future science technology is really a matrix for the energy to flow through, so that each individual on the planet can evolve from their own center. There there are no gurus involved or no intermediaries necessary, so that anyone by simply making a little switch that they don't disbelieve anything they can't prove to be untrue. And as you know, we're drilled into our heads never to believe anything we can't prove to be true, and usually statistically.
0: Well, how interesting. I mean, I think all traditions will tell you if, if a mind can imagine something, it can be created, because the imaginal is the realm from which all substance is drawn in order to shape matter yeah so and, and, that's why it's so interesting. little children and young young people being born now incarnating, choosing to now you hear these marvelous discoveries by these twelve year olds and nine year olds and five year olds starting their own businesses it's 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 quite beautiful to see, I think we'll be right back. Our guest is Elliot Maynard. Dr. Maynard is author of Brave New Mind: Living in a Future Science World, and you can learn more. At www.arcoscelos.com. That's A R C O S C I E L O S.com. And also at 21stCenturyRadio.com.
1: Hello, this is Dean Radin. I'm author of the book called Supernormal. I'm also chief scientist at the Institute of Noetic Sciences in Petaluma, California. You can learn more about my work at deanradin.com, that's D-E-A-N-R-A-D-I-N.com, and more about the Institute of Noetic Sciences at ions.org, I-O-N-S.org. You're listening to 21st Century Radio with Dr. Zohara Hieronymus
0: an extraordinary book. I cannot do justice to it in an hour, Elliot. Um, It took me a couple days to read it. Fortunately, I've spent my life in many of these areas, so it wasn't all new for me. But the amount of research and the number of um, provings of things you're already saying that can improve our world and that we already have the technology like iron particles in the ocean so that we can grow food i mean talk to us about how you went about you have these 25 keys and we're not going to be able to touch all of them but you talk about a uh, conscientious biotechnology a super ecology a new future paradigm for sustainable living harmonic attunement technology i mean there really isn't an area of life you haven't touched
1: yes uh you know it's a funny thing um uh, dr zo um uh, when the book was ready to be published, the the person working with us changed the typeface. And I looked at the book and I, I thought to myself, how how could I ever have written a book like that? So I think in in some ways, although it's kind of funny, it's uh, a testament to being open to the inspiration from the, the quantum information field. And this isn't anything that's mysterious. I think that The great uh, artists and sculptors and and leaders of the past and saints especially had special access to this field. The difference now with the uh, vibrational frequencies frequencies speeding up with so-called ascension frequency is that these things can be achieved very quickly, and the key is being conscious of this access. That is the key. It it switches everything on uh, from my own experience.
0: Uh, In a meditation of mine, I was once shown that our DNA zips and unzips between the new and full moon. And I haven't had any confirmation of it, but I should start passing you my meditations because you seem to have access to every scientist in the world that's open-minded. When you look at these different things, for instance, energy healing and energy weapons, and we already see both in our realm of existence. So that nothing you've written is like, you know, some futuristic dream. Most of these things already exist in some form, but they, but the status quo is still sort of hanging on for dear life to be in charge of the doomsday scenario. Um, talk to us a bit about this, because it's really... It's always been um, not the secrets, not what the secrets of nature are, but what we do with them.
1: Absolutely. And this is why I make a, a point that any specific technology such as uh, biotechnology is neither good nor bad in itself, just as money is neither good nor bad. Uh, it's how it's used. And any new technology, uh, for any new technology, there will be those of, you know, of the negative uh, persuasion who misuse it and this is history has proven this mm-hmm. but the interesting thing is it seems that a certain percentage of folks are willing to go down uh with the titanic while the band you know playing in the band uh they remain couched in their difference like shells along the shore if you, i can take a few lines from uh, simon and garfunkel's song mm-hmm. and uh yet There's another group that whenever something really radical comes up on the Internet, uh, people will knee-jerk react to it, especially in science. And scientists themselves from very uh, prestigious institutions have behaved like two-year-olds, witnessed the business with the cold fusion Mm -hmm. experiments, uh, which (laughs) were poo-pooed by them unnecessarily and Ultimately, this was validated, their their research, by the Office of Naval Research People in their spare time. So there's usually a good to the story.
0: Well, the cold fusion, debacle. my husband and I were two of the only people in the American media that just charged ahead supporting them with All Eugene right. Malov and Pons and Fleischmann and so we know yeah. firsthand exactly what you speak to and the killing of the electric car and Tesla energy, and I loved it that Tesla used to say that he got much of his information from us, uh, civilization from Mars, and um, this was tapping in. So you even have some aspect of your book Elliot, Brave New Mind, Living in a Future Science World, which is actually extraterrestrial healing and extraterrestrial communication. Talk to us a bit about that, your perspective on it.
1: Yes, this is one of the 25 keys that uh, could definitely make a major shift in, in our civilization, our whole thinking, and it, it's, it's useless to argue whether UFOs and ETs exist because the evidence is totally overwhelming And, again, I provide sources, and my own uh, evidence of ETs is from talking with two individuals, uh, retired military Robert Dean, who had the highest top security clearance in the U.S. and actually invented the red phone because uh, a fleet of something like 100 UFOs were going back and forth across uh, Europe and back over the Russian territories, the Russians thought it was the Americans, Americans thought it was the Russians, and so they had to iron this out. Bob Dean told me on a face-to-face conversation that on several times he had sat down with uh, government brass uh, suits probably from intelligence agencies and several different kinds of ETs. And I've also had confirmation from uh, Boyd Bushman, an aerospace scientist who passed away who worked in uh, Lockheed Martin Skunk Works, and uh, another aerospace engineer who told me that for 20 years uh, he said if people knew the truth, their hair would curl. For 20 years, uh, certain individuals from um, who knows what segment of society have been traveling via what we the equivalent of a Stargate mm-hmm. to the moon, to Mars, and to other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and,
0: and what's so interesting is when you read indigenous writings about the oral traditions, they all speak to the star elders, whether it's from Sirius or the Pleiades or Lyra, or Alnatac. I mean, it's so. It's so. Then when a modern society meets sort of ancient reality, um, there's always a little bit of a hiccup, and yet there are so many. I mean, our program has specialized in interviewing and being part of you know, that whole effort to declassify and brief Congress, et cetera. Um, Radionics is one of the keys, uh, a favorite tool from the, from sort of the radiesthetic arts, much of what you write about deals literally with the subtle energy fields, things that many people are in touch with, particularly in Europe, and there's a long tradition of it. But in America, Absolutely. yeah, and in America, we're just so um, dense, dense would be the right word I think I would apply to the American culture. Um, so the radiesthetic arts, talk to us a bit about your love of it and, and what a difference it's making worldwide today.
1: Yes. uh, Essentially, radionics involves a form of dousing since uh, it involves a a sensitive person, a trained person, uh, who uses a rubbing plate, and this is the etheric or nonlinear contact between patient and operator. And the interesting thing about radionic healing is that it can take place (laughs) halfway around the world. Yeah. And uses uh, can use a sample of blood, urine, uh, hair, or even uh, usually a polaroid photograph of the person. Uh, the the way this survived in the United States in the uh, Albert Abrams in the 1940s developed radionics, and of course it didn't make any sense in linear um, electronic technology. The circuits don't don't add up in the physical. Right. So uh, nevertheless, he was given certain patients who were considered to be terminal by the medical establishment, and he cured a very uh, significant number of these folks. For folks who have never
0: um, looked into radionics, I encourage you to, you know, go online, Google it, because you'll see that a picture of a bug-infested field can be made to be clean of it with a particular set of digital numbers that were dialed in advance. Like there's a number for the healthy field, there's a number for the unhealthy field, and then there's a midpoint between. So all of these and I, I used to practice this on a piece of paper. I would make my own radionic design. So yeah. it basically is a tool through which the consciousness of the operator is channeled. So whether it's throwing stones or using a satellite, there's still technology. So I'd like, if you don't mind, to shift gears a bit with you, Elliot, because you talk about all these technologies, but almost all of them deal with access to that which isn't seen, about frequencies that you can't always measure.
1: Yes, and of course, this has always been, uh, I suppose, a problem for uh, very spiritual people, very gifted people in the church and anywhere else, uh, because it is extremely hard to bring concepts uh, it's, it becomes an art, really, to bring concept, concepts from the higher realm down into the physical mm-hmm. and artists and musicians and and performers have been able to do this because it doesn 't take words. When you try to describe these in in uh, physical terms, we have many different pathways they 're all leading to essentially they 're going a similar direction and to raise our consciousness so any of these pathways or religions would fit in. And in, in my world, again, I would, I would love to see the churches and religions take the lead with this kind of consciousness transformation. Some already have.
0: Well, and I love the way you talk about, you know, we can embrace this new science and it bridges conventional and alternative science to bring out the best. And you say, look, we can create these win-win situations, which is not... That's not the paradigm of competition and, you know, he who's roughest wins. <laughs> it's really about how do we all elevate everything that we do.
1: Yes. This, uh, this is one of, I believe, the keys uh, to actual, when people ask, how, what can I do, uh, you can pay it forward. You can make the place a little better than you found it. You can put light on people who might be scowling and look pretty ugly instead of letting out that anger. In doing so, uh, that that last thing, you you help elevate your own consciousness or purify it, and you bring some light to those people. And if uh, we could start thinking in those terms with our internet, the global brain has become a magnified consciousness. And so one person can start a movement of what I like to call re-evolution, we need to reinvent our evolution itself.
0: Mm -hmm. And I, I like one of the things you describe about creating an educational system that prepares our young people to operate in the present and future realities. And that's, I mean, I dropped out of college, I was so bored, and that was 1973. I can only imagine how kids today who have any kind of openness to the invisible world that is all around us must feel being taught things that are dead and gone. How, how would you see this new educational um, approach? What, what kinds of things, in addition to dowsing, would our students be taught?
1: Well, uh, I've actually, uh, one of the 25 keys is a new educational system, which is uh, valid from kindergarten through lifelong learning, and it's called the University of the Future Project. And children would be taught to, number one, relate to each other, how to relate to adults because they're, with the dysfunctional family situations these days, where are they going to learn this? They would learn how to balance a checkbook and these things as they get older uh, and very serious things like uh, you know how to present themselves properly to older people, to their peers, and how to be synergistic. The whole school environment would encourage each individual to develop from their own center.
0: Right. So, And and it used to be that people understood that education was about unfolding the individual, not manipulating them to become like everybody else.
1: Exactly.
0: And uh, how far we've gone sad. But, well, reclaiming, that's what it is. Reclamation and preservation and take some reservation. I like that. Maybe I should become a rap artist. No, I don't think so. Dr. Elliot Maynard is our guest this evening. His book is entitled Brave New Mind, Living in a Future Science World. You'll be blown away. I mean, I read a lot of books, and I've read a lot of books. This is like the summary book of the summary books in so many different fields. I mean, you even touched on chemtrails. I can't tell you. To read a book that goes from radionics to extraterrestrial healings to chemtrails and then back to one of my favorite, um, Harmonic Attunement Technology, what is harmonic attunement technology?
1: Well, actually, uh, that's a special technology we had developed here at our foundation uh, over the years. It originally involved uh, in training the, the brain, uh, uh, the consciousness of the mind, however you want to put it, with flashing lights, and you could control the frequency of the lights. And electronics were added, and you can also add uh, a certain radionic element to this so that one device has two wands, uh, two sets of wands, so two people can uh, tune, attune themselves to each other using the flashing lights. Even when you close your eyes, you can see the pulsing. And it facilitates uh, two people merging their consciousness and having what you might call a twin meditation. Larger devices were designed to actually uh, attune a whole uh, venue of uh, a stadium or a concert hall, and you can put some very calming and uplifting energy, uh, which which sets the consciousness for wonderful performance.
0: Mm-hmm. It's You know, I had a dream back in the early 1970s of these enormous arches that were made of metal that People would strike with a mallet, and they would resonate planet-wide. They'd be put on the grid matrix of some sort, and it was a way to attune the planet itself um, with integrity. And it's so strange when you have those kinds of images, and then what do you do with them? I've dragged that around for 50 years.
1: Yes, I know. Uh, it's. I have also gotten flashes of, of other probably what you might call parallel realities, is the best way we can put it into words. It's like a movie. And and you may be uh kind of reading or sort of musing uh quietly and you start to see something another another reality, like another place. It's it's very often simple, uh ordinary, everyday things, nothing mm-hmm. phenomenal as your beautiful arches you speak about.
0: Well, you talk you you boy, I sometimes don't know where to start when you come across a book like this because i we like I said at the beginning, we can't cover all of it. Our guest is Elliot Maynard and his book, Brave New Mind: Living in a Future Science World. If any of you are really are looking for a summary of some of the greatest science that has gone on for future technologies and that do really recognize that we are conscious spiritual beings in a physical body and that as above, so below, as within, so without, Um, they're not separate. You know, as one person always says, meditation or mindfulness is not just for meditation. It's for all the time. You talked about something fascinating because I've covered the Fukushima disaster in Japan, and um, it doesn't get any coverage in this country, and nobody's really talking about the amount of nuclear radiation that's... Um, not nobody. There are wonderful activists who point this up. Harvey Wasserman and numerous others um, have done a beautiful job. I'm talking about the governments of the world and the media of the world is shh, shh, But you've already said that it has created unprecedented ill effects in people.
1: Yes, yes. Uh... Apparently, I've I've been in in touch with some scientists uh, who are in this area, and one of those individuals was actually there in the containment room at Fukushima, the the storage room where the blast occurred, the major eruption or or explosion. And I I think the other thing that people don't know is that at the outer edges of the atmosphere, due to the nuclear material that was uh, spewed out there is a new reaction occurring now that may not be all bad it may be something that's uh, kind of working with our DNA to change it but the there is a, a apparently a China syndrome going on and rather than scare people I believe we simply need to uh, put forth a, a unified uh, a unified postulate it's a statement to the universe that we, we as citizens of Earth, would like to see this uh, if this explodes in, in a year or so, it, since it's sinking down to the Earth, that it will be a relatively minor earthquake and not a global um, ecotastrophe. And, and again, I don't want to make this negative because I have some information that I've gotten that we will get some help on this, but people do need to be aware it is much more serious uh, than than the public knows, and the scientists have <laughs> have got their heads in the sand they just don 't want to go there apparently
0: well and and of course, at the highest octave of human consciousness, we know we can transform any matter with mind and yes, um, we can. the lady Moto certainly showed us how that 's done and and the mystery tradition has been doing that. For millennium, as have the indigenous peoples and their shamans and healers, I love the fact that you talk about um, interdimensional uh, communication and transspecies communication as being a really important part of our unfoldment.
1: Oh yes, and of course, this uh, part of the interspecies uh, communication—if we're talking with with uh, <laughs> life forms on our planet—is grounding. Uh, ourselves into the energies of the natural world, this is, I guess, the highest form of organic uh, tribute uh, in, in consciousness terms because we are essentially inseparable from Earth. It is our oasis, our spaceship going through space. And, of course, one of the elephants in the room is intelligent population management, which will also, as I mentioned, I think previously, uh, empower women to begin to make a more balanced global consciousness. So we have to stop this mindless uh, expanding of human uh, bodies and, and begin to manage what we have intelligently.
0: I like the fact that you mentioned um, dark field microscopy and psychic biology, um, as well as conscientious biotechnology. When when you look at all of the um, things that plugging into the matrix can do for us, can you share with our audience, as you must with others that you've met in your life, how you do this? How could somebody in our audience who says, well, I don't quite get how I'm going to hook into this quantum field and bring down this great potential for myself and the world?
1: Yes. Uh, I tell people to imagine a switch in their head. And this is something that each of us has had in our life. The key is switching on the awareness. And one way to, to move into this kind of future mindset, I, I regard this new uh, master paradigm as a new operating system for humans and planet Earth. So to move into this, we imagine a little switch in our, in our heads and our minds and instead of not believing anything we cannot prove to be true, this is what our religious leaders, our schools, and parents have taught us for centuries, we flick that switch and we say, okay, I'm not going to disbelieve anything I can't prove to be untrue. And bingo, with that little uh, mnemonic in your mind and like a little sticky note, and if you just remember that once in a while, you... Uh, You will begin to, as you acknowledge this quantum field, you will begin to have things happen to you that become uh, what we call serendipity Mm -hmm. or synchronous uh, events. And I'm sure you can elaborate on that.
0: I can but I'm not going to <laughs> because okay. we don't have the time and okay. I think but but no it's really true though that, that things start to line up and people we didn't know we would be able to see or events happen to us or opportunities we could only dream about and boom it's all right there. And of course, you know, our, our attention. And our intention has so much to do with making things manifest in our life. A quick example, because I try this stuff out on myself. I don't believe anything that I can't do for myself. And it's it's not always the best way to be, but that is who I am. I don't like people telling me what to do or how to do it, though I'm always open to advice. So (laughs) I'm up on the roof. We have a flat roof, part of our roof, digging the snow and ice. And of course, I really messed up my lower back just the other day. Um, and then I decided the second day when I could barely walk at all that I was going to reverse the story. So here I am now back up on my flat roof with my shovel and I'm shoveling and I decide that's enough. And I stop and I put my shovel down and I walk off the roof down the stairs without a back injury. And I can tell you that it really helped my back. By changing the frequency of the story, it's not that I didn't really do that. I did hurt myself, and the back is still hurt. But something shifted in my openness to healing when I changed the story and went back in time. What do you think about that kind of journey for people when you have trauma from your past, um, whose current is still impacting your life today, whether emotionally, physically, psychically?
1: Well, I always encourage people, and, and I, again, I, all of this advice is, comes from my own experience getting through some really <laughs> heavy pratfalls and accidents and all of that sort of thing. I tell them to pick good uh, facilitators, and meaning all this goes all the way from your regular MD to acupuncturists and massage therapists, because these people can really provide a lot of support In those times when the when the physical body and other bodies really get exhausted, yeah, you know we all need those kinds of things. And And I have a whole center
0: of people like that that I founded, and so I went and saw the chiropractor, and I had massage, and took arnica, did my homeopathic thing, but truthfully, um, this opportunity of re-reversing my own journey opened something up. Um, yeah. And I just don't, you know, I've often thought that about history, that if all of us collaboratively meditate, let's say, on a horrible World War II event, that its impact is lessened. It doesn't change what people have experienced, but it changes what people will experience in the future.
1: That's yes, my and own I opinion. talk about this in the book. Uh, on, it's the coherent, coherent prayer, coherent meditation, by, especially by people who are trained to do this. A very small percentage of folks doing this can change the world. And already in Ecuador, they're training uh, some of the troops to do this. Invincible defense technology. It can be used to remove the root causes of conflict, and therefore it will defeat weapons of mass destruction. Mm -hmm. This has been proven uh, uh, statistically, too, for those, who want that kind well, for
0: instance, of... like when TM meditators you know, worked in an area, they brought down crime. Well, looking in closing, Brave New Mind, living in a future science world, there are some important points about um, psychic cleanliness that I don't want to leave out. We have about a minute. Can you share that with us?
1: Yes. This is kind of basic uh, psychic technology. These things, again, would be taught to children uh, because they have no concept of it the way things are now. Uh Keeping uh, yourself clean uh, psychically uh, from negative influences. This involves you can, you can wash your hands uh, and declare clear after you, you, someone passes you a key, say a valet, parking valet, and shielding yourself and, and being aware of, of when people come to take your energy. Mm-hmm. This is all part of just basics, the basic boot camp training uh, for those who are become psychically sensitive.
0: Well, I want to thank you, Elliot, for being with us. And that's the show. 21st Century Radio is produced by Hieronymus and Company. Our executive producer and research assistant is Lara Kortner. Our engineer is Anita Brockington, and I'm Dr. Zohara Hieronymus.